welcome back to the Friarside Chat, the first episode of the 2024 season, and we are stoked to be here. There is so much to talk about. There are so many question marks still, but the season is right around the corner. How are you feeling? Good to be back? It's great to be back, <laughs> and it's a different level of optimism. It's not like last year. We don't have expectations, as they say, but there's also all these people that are coming up that we haven't seen at the major league level, and it's exciting. And we've got new faces that are also young and controllable, which is exciting. It'll be a fun spring training. There's a lot going on and a new manager. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a good place to start. Schulte boy, Schulte boy, Schulte boy. Sounds like he's already making a pretty good impression in camp. Yes. No, you had some good points you were bringing up about what he's just his philosophies. Yeah. And everything he's sharing there. Yeah. It seems to be different than probably what Bowmel was bringing to the table. Bowmel, very established, uh, has seen success in many different lights, and he was probably picking and choosing from his background on what he thought would be best for our team, whereas right. Schilt is coming in with the benefit that we've all heard. You know, he's been in the organization for years, getting to have kind of a bird's-eye view and a backseat look at it, mm-hmm. and it seems like the players are really receptive. So watching every player interview during spring training is what we do yeah and the vibe that we get is that they like what Schilt is bringing to the table in the sense of he never played big league ball he's not trying to make anyone what he was right and he's been very open and receptive to how each player wants to be ran and it seems like he's got a good pulse on that so it's exciting to hear that the players are are adapting to it but also that he has strategies going into the next year which i think you were talking about yeah i mean strategy but also too like I think one thing that always stood out to me, you know, when he does do the post games or whatever, you know, they're just picking his brain about his philosophies. And when I was, you can see he's not afraid to share his personality too. And I think that could be another thing that resonates well in the clubhouse with the players, you know, like he'll throw in like these little like corny jokes yeah, and you're just kind of like, Oh Mike, come on. Oh Mike. But I'm like, (laughs) okay, I kind of liked it there. You know, it just like takes the edge off a little bit, which I feel like is, is kind of nice. Yeah, um, that's charismatic a good, leader. You know, that's a good way of putting it, of taking the edge off because it seems that he's this cool dichotomy between sharing some really nuanced insights mm-hmm. between him and his players, right. while also keeping a lot in the clubhouse, which yeah. obviously was a big deal last year, was yeah. keeping everything internal. But he's not putting up a wall to the media. He's been pretty forthcoming on his conversations on how he's going to attack mm-hmm. the season from an offensive standpoint, right. what his real takes are on some of these guys and their performances in spring, yep. but also giving light levity and saying. It's just spring. Yep. And when they try to prod at him too much, he's very quick to throw it back and say, mm-hmm. you know, take it however you want to say it. That's yeah, fine. Exactly. But here's what <laughs> I'm <true>. saying. <laughs> and it's not that. Yeah. So it's been really nice. I'm pleasantly surprised with what I've seen so far. It's early. It's spring. But it's nice to have a good taste versus an immediate, yeah. who is this guy? Right. Exactly. Um, so I guess, yeah, thinking about Schilt, too, thoughts on how you kind of handled the of course the big one of the big stories of the spring so far being that bogarts kim swaparoo yeah. and it seemed like he might have you know you know alluded to it to bogarts apparently in, in aruba but you know kind of yeah. waited but it seems like it i don't know it seems like it was well received but yeah. also at the same time bogarts is swallowing up tail like let's well, the dude's just kind a of, pro you know he is a pro yeah but i after watching every interview, I'm like, this guy wishes he was still at short. Yeah. And and you can't blame him. I mean, it's a premium position. It's what he's been known for. It's what he's good at. Yeah. And stepping away to acknowledge that someone is better suited for a position that you have. Yeah. That's just not easy. And like you said, yeah, he's tough. a pro. And, it, and that's why I think there's so much respect being thrown around in his direction is because that ain't easy to do, especially when it's someone who uh, came from a different league that's mm-hmm. notoriously a... I don't want to say, lack of a better word, an inferior league, not as much talent in the KBO, 
We can say that. That's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah. And he's coming overseas and then kind of takes the job yeah, because he's so over. good defensively. Yeah. But that's not what it's about. And he's a pro to be able to acknowledge that and not care about what anyone else is going to think about it. Yeah. His whole message the whole time has been, if this is already going to happen and we're in a position to where it can happen now and put us in a better position to win, mm-hmm. then I'm for it. Yeah. And what a guy. I mean that's that's captain leadership type move and yeah definitely got, good to see. I've got a lot of thoughts on on the whole Bogarts transition to like where do I even start? He's a I very think, high priced second baseman. Yeah. Now. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, okay, that's one thing to start right, like very high priced second baseman. And it was funny. One of the first things I thought was like, oh man, we're gonna have like a perennial all star at second base. But then I remember that Mookie Betts also moved to second yeah. base this year, which is kind oh. of funny. Like, oh, he's he's pretty tough. good. Um, but no, I mean, like, first things first, yeah, Bogarts handled it like a pro. I thought one of the, like, coolest things he even said was, you know, while well, I won a World Series when I was at third base, came up with the Sox, won it as a everyday shortstop, and now I can win at second base. So I was like, that that's, is pretty just, sweet, that's just dude. class, you yeah. know. Um, so definitely big props to Bogarts for that one. And I remember, too, a lot of people were saying, like, why did they wait so long? Blah, blah, blah. And, like, I get that take, but just got to remember that, like, Everyone, or not everyone, but a lot of us thought that Kim was going to be traded. I was just about to say, you know it I mean? kind of shuts down Kim's exactly. trade talks. Exactly. Was, doesn't matter. Yeah, Kim <laughs> Kim is appearingly here to stay, and they have such a good relationship. I remember last year when Bogarts was playing short, he said on fly balls to his side of the field, he'd almost look to Kim mm-hmm. to see if he was going to get it. Yeah, he probably And it would shock him if, if he wouldn't come over and get it. So yeah. it's just one of those things where it makes sense. Yeah. Do you think... Do you think the Padres moved Kim to short purely because it was the best move for the team? Or do you think that there might be any other motives behind it? Because I have a theory, but I'm just curious if you have any other thoughts. I'll prop it up. No, I don't think there's any alternative motives. Are you trying to say that they're they're bumping up his stock price as a premium shortstop versus a premium second baseman? Maybe. It's possible. Like possibly that part part of it might be like, you know, hey, we value, you know, as an organization, we see your value. We see you as a shortstop. You're our guy. Maybe that's a little bargaining chip for a re-signing. I don't know. Maybe not. Or, could or be. but it could or be is to it your the opposite? point. Is it, it now be, he's yeah. a premium shortstop and you're paying? So premium now that dollars. we're gonna trade him at midseason, <laughs> you're trading for a you shortstop can't. rather than second base. I don't know. It's just like there could be so many things. We don't know. Again, it's the storyline, if you ask any of, you know, the managers of the team, it's like, oh, you know, he's best for the team this year at shortstop, which is like, okay, probably. Yeah, but it's definitely in favor of Kim. I mean, Kim, his his stock value just went up. I mean, he went yeah. from being a spot starting second base, third base, where do you need me type of guy to yeah. a, I'm so good, I'm going to move an all-star out of shortstop, yeah. and I'm going to be your everyday shortstop. So yeah. props to Kim. I don't think I saw that coming, especially when you had, at the time when he showed up, Tatis, who could also play short, mm-hmm. who was an elite shortstop. Yes, he had errors, but he made plays that were... It was mostly like throwing errors, I feel like. Right? Yeah, His and, and, and on plays where yeah. it's like, how did he get to that ball? He exactly. tried to do too much. He's 20 years old. Yeah, no shot. tried to show but, off the cannon a little too much and overthrew. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he was really good at short. So, I yeah. mean, you have him, mm-hmm. you have Machado, who can play short, mm-hmm. you have... Uh, Cronenworth, who can spot start short and yep. not be a uh, liability. Yep. And then you've got Bogarts. And then you've got Kim there now. Kim's your, like, out of all those people, Kim is your lockdown shortstop. So yep. good for him. It'll be interesting to see him for, throughout the year and and if they extend him. Because yeah. it would be who a knows? lot to ask 
Bogarts to keep hopping back and forth. Right. I don't think he wants to do that well, either. That's another thing too, right? Like yet another aspect to this move, right? Is are you moving Kim because he's the best defensive shortstop? But then if he signs elsewhere the next year, are you freeing up that shortstop spot for Mr. Merrill? That's a good point too, right? And that's a whole other conversation. We'll get into we Merrill later. We're, <laughs> Jackson Merrill. We'll get there later. But uh, but yeah, so that's a really interesting one. Um, one of the other biggest question marks heading into the spring course is the starting rotation. I know that there's a lot that you wanted to talk so about. It's with my that. favorite thing to watch. Maybe yeah. in my lifetime, as far as spring goes, mm-hmm. we've never seen three spots be available at spring. Yeah. We've never seen such a surge of young talent come mm-hmm. up at the same time as a Padre fan. Yep. You had Gore, and mm-hmm. that was like, ooh, let's see if Gore can break camp. Yeah. You know, but this year it's like you've got Snelling. Mm-hmm. List them. Snelling. Snelling, Lesko. Lesko. Um, Thorpe. Thorpe. Uh, all the Yankees. All the Yankees. King. King, Burrito. Burrito. Vasquez. Okay, right. So Probably like, missing somebody. We're, we're missing we'll still have Waldron. Waldron. Or, uh, Avila. Wal- yes. Avila. Waldron. Waldron, the that was like that was like almost ten guys, right? Right. So it's <laughs> crazy, and all are within like have made their debut with the Padres mm-hmm. within a year, yeah. or are brand new, mm-hmm. and they all have upside. So like it's every spring training game, I'm watching a pitcher come out of the pen to go, and it's not like uh, this guy's getting reps. Yeah, no, just no like, these are like guys a, fighting for a, a spot. Chihuahua's guy, and, or whatever. and we get to see someone new pitch that we haven't seen before. I mean, it is really fun, and the knuckleballer. Mm-hmm. Is kind of showing out. He was kind of put off to the side, like, oh yeah, he's going to get an opportunity. Yeah, I don't think he's given up a run yet this year uh, in spring. Yeah, so, I think he's been pitching well, and he was the first guy to go three plus innings. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he's making a case. Nice. And then we've got all these new guys coming. In. It's so, so fun many. to watch yeah. spring training. Yeah, I was I telling it. I was telling you before we started the show, I, I was able to catch Randy Vasquez's first start. Um, kind of impressive, impressive stuff. The dude's like he's pretty built. Like he looks like an athlete. Uh, he was rocking these like gnarly, like mango flavored cleats. Which, mango. Yeah, they were they were awesome. <laughs> we'll check it out. I'll find a picture. Yeah, I'll, I'll post here. it. Yeah, it's. Um, but they were pretty sweet, and yeah, his stuff like one of those guys, you know, that just like no pitch is straight. You know, like that's what I was getting, and it was he was had a little bit wildness in his start, but he got out it's of spring. it. And <laughs> he's still a young kid too, right? Like twenty four yeah. or something, twenty five, and um, so yeah. I mean, again, I only saw him pitch once. But it was like looking pretty good. Speaking um, of looking good, yeah, King, King, yes, just showing up. I yes. mean, as, I, as a guy very who had impressive. to fight very hard yeah. to get into the starting rotation for the Yankees, it seems like him coming here and knowing he has a spot, yeah, has been like the biggest confidence right. boost him. And he's talked about how he's working on new pitches, and it's like I don't have to be my best right now; I can develop my best. Mm-hmm. And even so, the dude's right. shoving, yeah. Because he doesn't have that, like, stress factor about worrying, like, oh, am I going to be a reliever? Am I going to be a starter? How am I going to prepare for this versus that? It's like, okay, you're going to be probably number three. And he's like, all right, like, let me get to work and let me prepare to be the number three starter. You want a hot take? Let's hear it. He might be our ace this year. Ooh, I like it. I can kind of see it. I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, I I, The dude's a dog. He's been talking to Niebla and company saying he wants to throw 180 to 200 pitches in the regular season. Oh, I thought a pretty cool connection, too. Um, I was hearing an interview and he was apparently he was really close to Corey Kluber Mm -hmm. on the Yankees. And then Corey Kluber attributes like a ton of his success to Niebla when they were on uh, what Cleveland. Is that right? He said he would not have won a Cy Young had he not. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see how that all trickles the Niebla effect, you know, kind of trickles down through these generation of pitchers. And now. King gets to work directly with Niebla, so that's going to be really interesting. 
I have good feelings about him. And and all sources have just said how stand-up of a guy he is. Yeah. And he's clearly come in here with a vision. Mm-hmm. Schilt has talked about that, where it's like he came in here with a plan mm-hmm. on how he likes to operate. Yeah. He's been open and receptive to what we've had to say. But at the end of the day, you know, he's clearly got a way that he's going to be structured and how he goes about it. Mm-hmm. And it's been working for him so far. And the fact that he's clearly comfortable, he's talked a lot about having a lot of former Yankees beyond this team helping mm-hmm. him. Yeah, comfortable. And he's spoke very highly of you and Musgrove. Me? No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding. You, Musgrove, and Machado. All the captains yeah. have given him a warm welcome. So, like, yep. it's just a lot of good things pointing in his direction. I hope he stays healthy. But, yeah, dark horse for ace this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, to actually, that you mentioned Musgrove and Machado because there's another story. I think it's interesting one to talk about. This is right? an awesome story. Yeah, so Joe Musgrove um, has been... I don't want to say struggling, but he's had, you he's know, been he's, he's, it's been a rough he's, spring for him. Like he's had, he's coming off of injury. It's his first, yeah, yeah his it's first fair two to say starts. He's he got, it's okay. I don't think he got out of the first inning of the first two starts he made and gave up like four in each um, appearance. So, so yeah, struggling a bit. Which, right, like you said, coming off injury, hadn't pitched in like a year. What's Brace it. for? Um, but apparently, it was, yeah, we were just reading a story that on the backfields and like a whatever you call it, B game or whatever. Inner uh, squad. Inner squad. Yeah, there you go. Um, Manny Machado actually stepped into the box against Darvish, or not Darvish, sorry, Musgrove about like four times or something with mm-hmm. the sole intention of just like helping him get, get his shit right. Basically, yeah. you know, Be, being the eyes that he, he can't exactly. watch himself. Right. pitch, So he has someone that he trusts, which is his other side of the field captain yep. coming up and saying, all right, man, I got you. Yeah. I'll, I'll take extra reps mm-hmm. essentially to, to be an eye and give you my, my piece, my opinion, mm-hmm. take it for what it's worth. And uh, that's captains that's being just, captains. That was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And even, too, I know even Joe was saying how, you know, how grateful he was for Manny because he really said he was able to find, you know, tune a couple things, um, which, as you could see in his starts, like he was just hanging breaking balls, you know. Not, um, not as crisp. Yeah. You know, just not as. So it was just really cool to see that, you know, captain on captain kind of. And that's how you want it, right? Yeah. I mean, it, I know that Joe, being the leader of that pitching staff especially on like the english speaking side he's the voice of the pitching staff um he wanted to go out and show hey i haven't lost a step Mm -hmm. i'm still your boy i'm still the dog and he got shelled twice and it's just not a fun feeling and you saw it the whole entire san diego team was in the (laughs) dugout watching these outings and it it couldn't have felt good and you don't want you know your your 4a guy your your new guy to the team to be the one to say hey you know what joe you might <laughs> it looks like you're up here you might want to bring it down here yeah, like that's not who, points off joe. that's not who you want it to come from that's not who he wants it to come from so you want it to be from exactly who it came from manny machado yep. they're boys they've gone through it together if there's someone who's going to tell you what yep. you're doing wrong it should be manny mm-hmm. and manny stepped up and joe stepped up and hopefully the right in the ship Early in, in spring. It's really fun. It's an awesome story of how captains should get together, look after one another. And, uh, you know, you're not immune to bad outings just because you're the captain. So, right. hoping he gets back on track. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's an awesome, awesome little story there. Um, Vince, there's something exciting on the I, horizon. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time. <laughs> just spill the beans. We will see you next time in spring training. In Arizona. Peoria, Arizona. That's right. Your boys, the Fireside Chat. We are hitting the road. We will be out there uh, for a weekend. We should be able to catch at least two games, I believe. At least. Um, I think we're probably going to see they're playing, I think it's the Giants and the White Sox. I don't care who but they're regardless, I'm not watching the other team. Yeah, regardless of who they're playing. Who are you most excited to see? Oh, that's a good question. 
probably Meryl. Like that's the obvious answer, but like yeah. it makes the most sense. She is the biggest like impact opportunity, I think. I'm excited for him, man. He had an yeah. interview the other day where it was the first time ever that I thought this guy might be big league ready. Yeah. And it was, had nothing to do with play. It had nothing to do with how he was talking. It was the fact that they asked him, because Tatis made that big statement mm. saying, hey, I've seen enough. I've seen yeah, enough. This thing. guy's ready. Age is just a number. Yeah. Uh, his response to the reporters asking him about that, they go, so did you talk to Tatis about that? He goes, no, we don't have to talk about that. Silent respect, man. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I've heard it. I know it. And he knows he said it, so, you know, we're just out there. He's my teammate. I'm just trying to get along with him. And I go, how big league is that? Yeah. You know, just to understand that, like... It's like mentally he's he's there. Hey, if you're right. if you're a team, like, yep. what lets you know someone's ready? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're peers. Don't gawk at me. Mm-hmm. You want to be up here with me. Let's right. play. Let's perform. Let's get after it. it seems like Merrill's ready for that. So, yeah. I mean, from a... Oh, I'm excited. He's had some good looking at bats. He's looked good in the outfield even. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see him in person. I want to see the outfield race. I'm excited yeah, about the honestly, outfield race. The outfield I'm excited race, to see the pitchers. There's a couple guys, right? Mercado, Oscar mm-hmm. Mercado, former top prospect, now kind of like middle-aged guy, but a middle-aged, <laughs> but he's like 28. He's 29. Yeah, 29. <laughs> hey, in baseball terms, that's yeah, middle-aged. middle-aged. But uh, he's having a really good spring. There's a couple other guys, right? Like Tim LaCastro they picked up, mm-hmm. who's like the fastest guy in baseball. And and again, right? This outfield race is so open. So who knows? Azokar also and, playing well. Yeah, Azokar sitting well. He had a put bomb. a no doubter. Yeah. Hit a bomb. Sneaky power. Yeah, Marcy, Polly, all those guys. It's so gonna be it'll, fun. be it'll be a lot of fun. Oh, Ethan Salas. Yes, seen some clips of that guy. Can't man. believe we didn't even talk Freaking. about him. But yeah, I mean, it's because he's not going to break. Camp. He's not going to break camp. But still he's still an exciting story, though. I've yeah. seen some of his at bats, and I just like I, I, I don't know. I just can't even fathom. Like he's seventeen. Like, I would have, dude. That's this insane. is when we would have been like Unreal. a regular junior in high school making his first trip to I'm varsity saying. pitching, and right. he's like hitting professional pitching. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's insane it what that well. kid is doing. Um, but yeah, so we're excited to go to Arizona. Excited. We'll have some like cool clips, lots of sh- little shorts. We're gonna try to hopefully get some good footage of of some of these guys we're talking about. Guys getting you know, and seeing like the progress from Machado. Maybe see if he's making Tantis. throws. I'd love to see that. Yeah. You know, we haven't really heard much on that. So just like getting some of those insights would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, expect lots of content coming from us. And of course, a very in-depth podcast following that trip. Um, but we're super stoked. And 2024, it's here. Wait a minute. This is also the marking of the first full year of the Fireside hey, Chat. Hey, that's right. Last that's year we started year. halfway through. Now we're starting in spring training. Enjoy the ride. We appreciate you. And we can't wait for it. I mean, this is so exciting. And I'm happy to be back with Vince. That's right. And this trip is going to be super fun. So we'll, we'll keep you posted. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time.